Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Oh my God, you're going to be really fascinated by this episode. Imagine a homeless man living in Thailand, going from homeless to billionaire in a span of 15 years. But not only going from homeless to billionaire, but through deliberate application of the ideas in a book that a friend had given him. Andres Pira was homeless, sleeping under a coconut tree in Thailand. And he reached out to friends of his for money because he was that desperate. One friend said, look, Andres, won't be giving you any money, but I want you to read this book, The Secret. Andres read the book and thought it was BS. So he decided to disprove everything about this idea that your thoughts create your reality. Turns out he couldn't disprove it. In the next 15 years, Andres went on to start one of the biggest property development companies in Thailand. And today, a mere 15 years later, he's an actual full-fledged billionaire. He's the CEO of Blue Horizon Development. His personal journey is laced with surefire business advice that teaches you how to attract all kinds of wealth and abundance into your life. He understands business and knows that attracting wealth is not a skill. It is a Latin, almost spiritual ability that we have within us. And he now travels around the world teaching people his 18 wealth attraction principles because he wants to wake more people up to this beautiful ability we have within. Now, Andre's company, Phuket-based Blue Horizon Development, was named the top Thailand property developer and new hotel construction and design developer by Asia Pacific Property Awards in 2017 and 2018. And his new book is coming out. It is called Homeless to Billionaire, The 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction and Creating Unlimited Opportunities. I heard about Andre's story a couple of months ago, and I knew I had to get him on the Mind Valley podcast. So let's get started with Andre Spira. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley podcast. Hi, Andres. Welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. Hi, Vishen. An honor to uh, speak with you. Firstly, where are you originally from? I know you're in Phuket, Thailand right now, but where did you grow up? I was born in a tiny little uh, Caribbean island that belongs to Colombia. So I was born there, and that island is called San Andres. That's why they named me Andres. And I moved to Sweden when I was three years old. I was raised in Sweden until I moved to Phuket, Thailand 16 years ago. 16 years ago is when you were in Phuket, Thailand, homeless. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, today is a bit different. So this is astonishing. You were homeless 15 years ago. Today, you are a billionaire. Now, look, Andres, a lot of people say I'm a billionaire, but you literally mean billionaire. Yes, I do. Yeah, I don't like to brag about it, but this is more to help others to understand if I can do it, anyone else can. And look, there's a lot of people who have had extreme luck in business, who are extremely astute in business. But what I loved about your story, your story started in the weirdest of all ways with someone passing you the book, The Secret. Let's take it from there. Tell us how did you end up homeless and what was that shift that started you on this incredible journey? Because I am so fascinated. 15 years ago, I became homeless. The first year I arrived in Thailand, I had a marketing job for a resort and I was making, say, 100 to $150 per month. 
So that was not enough. I lived day by day. I thought that life just happens to you and you're not in control of anything. So I had that mindset and I don't have that anymore. I became lazy. I started to hate my job again. I didn't pay the rent in my little apartment for four months in Phuket, Thailand. And it ended up being thrown out by police officers since I didn't been able to pay the rent. And the first logical idea was I didn't want to call back home. I didn't want to call any family members and tell them that I failed massively in life. So I thought I'll go down to the beach and I'll see what I can do. And then I'll find out why this happened and what the next step from there be. And that day became several more days until I was sleeping on the beaches of Thailand as a homeless person. This was in the island of Phuket. Yes, correct. Now, I know there was something magical that happened with that book, right? But I know you were skeptical in the beginning. Now, what happened? How did you stumble upon that book, The Secret? Some people say it's a coincidence. I say it was a given because I was searching for something in life, but I didn't know really what it was. And one day I came up with the idea, instead of calling a family member, I might call a friend and ask him if he can help me with some funds. And I did that phone call and I said, well, uh, I'm in a really bad situation. Can I borrow some money or at least so I can move into an apartment again and get shower and get food so I can eat? And he said, well, I can't do that, but I will send you something that might cheer you up. And then he didn't say what it was, but he sent me a book. I was frustrated and angry. I don't, I didn't need a book that time. I mean, what should I do with it with just a book? I was not happy with that. But instead, I took the decision to... I'd rather read it and have something that I can focus my mind on instead of just feeling sorry for myself and hating the world, hating the people and thought that everything was unfair. So I started to read that book and that was a book, The Secret, compiled by Rhonda Burns. And I got even more angry when I finished the book because I didn't believe in anything of that. I thought I'm just going to start to imagine and make goals and things going to start happening to me. So I got so frustrated by that message that I said, okay, well, anywhere I have all the time in the world on this beat. So I will just do all these exercises that tell me to do, and then I will disprove it. That's how everything started. But I started to get similar results that they were explaining. And that was one of the turning points. So you decided to disprove the book. So I'm guessing you tried to disprove the book by thinking bad thoughts or by focusing on something, expecting it not to occur. What were you doing? I started to visualize things and believe that they will happen. Even if I had that feeling that it would not work, at least I took the chance to do it. But I started with very small things because I didn't want to start with a million dollars or a car or something massively enormous. But I started with small things. My first things that I started to visualize was someone coming and handing me a cup of coffee. Where were you when you were visualizing this? You were sitting under a coconut tree on the beach. Paint that picture for us. Okay. I always had my bags as pillows and I always had my towel as blanket, right? And I was always sitting under the same coconut tree because they offered me shade and a little bit of protection with the wind, right? So I was always doing my exercises there and reading the books there every single day. I see. And what happened when you started visualizing for coffee? Well, a lot of authors, a lot of successful people, they say you have to picture it very, very clear in your mind. So I remember starting picturing that cup of coffee. I could see the color of the cup. I could feel the smell of the coffee, what color it was, and that someone actually came up and handed it to me. And within the next two days, one of these jet ski guys that in Thailand that rents out the parasailing and the jet skis and boat and the sport activity he came up to me and said, I saw you sleeping on this beach for several days and I would like to give you a coffee. And I was like, this is a coincidence. This has just happened. This still doesn't work. <laughs> so that was my first the real test of it. And the next test was having someone give me a lunch 
because I was eating a bowl of noodles for, I think it was $1 a day or something like that. I, just, I still had, and I really wanted something else because I was so tired of eating the same food one time a day. And I started to visualize that lunch. I would look like, how it smelled like, how great it would be to eat something else. Within two days, I was walking on the beach road in the morning, and an old colleague comes up to mine and says, well, hi, Andres, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. I would like to offer you a lunch. And this was a random colleague that you knew from the past? That's a random colleague from that job. I landed in Phuket, the first job I ever had, giving out these brochures. So that was an old colleague that I bumped into. To, and you bump into uh, him and he takes you out for lunch? <laughs> yes, he did. He took me out for lunch. And I ordered that exact same meal that I've been thinking about. And then I saw, wow, I might be into something. Or is it just coincidence? And I still couldn't believe it, it was really working. But I'm so happy that I started small because most people start with big things. And then your subconscious mind will tell you you can do it. And it's opposite effects, right? So I'm happy that I tested out in a small scale. It gave me more confidence to start with bigger things to visualize them. And that's a very important lesson. When I started getting into this whole field, right? I remember I started big and I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed. And as I went more into the literature on this idea of mind influencing reality, I noticed this one quote from Jose Silva who founded the Silva Mind Control. He was basically the founder of creative visualization in America. And he said, remember not to jump the gun. In other words, what he was saying was, don't try to heal cancer before you heal your dandruff. Start with something small, build up from there as you work up your ability to expect the best. And that was essentially what you were doing. Exactly. I didn't know I was doing that by time, but it worked. I mean, you need to give yourself confidence with this kind of exercises and the power of mind because the more confident and the more you know it works, the quicker you manifest these things. So you went from lunch and what happened then? And then after I started to visualize getting a job so I can move into an apartment and get showered, starting a normal life again. So I started to visualize having that job, having an apartment, getting a shower in the morning and meeting colleagues and being in a office environment and all these things. So that was what I started to visualize, but in a more clear picture, of course. And within three days, I took massive action afterwards. And I started to ask around all hotels, all offices, all different companies around Phuket. And I landed after three days a job as a marketing executive, giving out brochures for a real estate office in the sun and trying to get people inside the office to get a real estate presentation. And I got that within three days. And from that day on, I knew that this really works. Since then, I've been transforming my life with the same methods for 16 years. You said something important over there. You took action, right? You didn't just visualize a job and continue sitting under a coconut tree. You went out there, you hustled, you took action. And I know that that's a key ingredient as well. Exactly. And that's what most people do wrong. You cannot just sit and visualize things and make clear mental pictures. But the key to any manifestation is massive action. You need to go out there. If it's that item you want, go talk with people who has it. If it's that car you have, go test drive it. If it's a certain city you want to be in, go and Google it. Go and see what you can do in the city. How does it look like? And all that. So you need to take massive action to make it happen. Andres, you know, as you are visualizing this job, I'm curious, what was your process like? Were you doing it 10 minutes a day? Were you doing it three times for five minutes a day? Give us some idea. What did that process look like? Were you doing it while journaling? Were you doing it in meditation? I was doing a meditation on phone, but I started small. I started with a minute. Then after I increased it to two minutes and then three minutes. And nowadays I can sit for 45 minutes and it feels like five minutes. It's the same with the pictures or the goals you want to have. You start small and you say with meditation, it's hard to calm your mind. 
it's hard to visualize it and sit there for long periods of time because we're always disturbed and distracted by so many things that are coming into our head. But it's also training. That's another really key idea, starting with a minute. In the book Atomic Habits, which was a book that was just released, the author offers this advice. He says, when you're about to start a new habit, don't try to go deep into a 20 or 30 minute habit. Start with a minute rather than go to a gym. Start with a minute of push-ups, right? If you have difficulty getting your butt out to a gym. I like what you just said there because all of us can start with a minute. Now, in that minute or two or three minutes, what were you doing? Were you repeating an affirmation? Were you visualizing it like on a movie screen? Were you seeing yourself in three dimensions within an imagery of where you want it to be? That minute was broken up to two sections, more or less. That first 30 seconds was to just calm my mind, and that's to count the amount of times I breathe and inhale and breathe out. So every three seconds, I was counting three. One, two, three, when I was inhaling. And when I was breathing out, I was counting one, two, three, because at least I was focusing my breathing. And that's one of the key elements to calm your mind first before you start to visualize things that you want in, in your life. So I put it into two, in one minute, 30 seconds to calm my mind and 30 seconds to start to build up that clear picture in my mind. And then next day I could put another color on that thing or I could put another smell on that right. thing. So I was building it up for every day and I was putting more and more things on that picture in my head. So you got the job as a marketing exec. What happened in yes. that job? And after that, I discovered the key ingredients to mimicking. So every time you want something, make sure to find people that already have it and then copy what they do because they already found a way to achieve those things that you had. And when I started within that industry, I was looking up to the sales executive because I saw the commission they were making, selling these properties, and I wanted to be like them. So I started to visualize being one of them and I started to buy the same clothes as them, walk like them, talk like them, and just pretending I was like them. And within a few months, I got promoted to a sales executive. And after that, I did the same thing. Then I was looking up to the sales manager. They were making even more money. So I started with the same things. I started to become like them, be like them, pretend I was like them. And I just knew that I would get that promotion, visualizing every day and having my name tag, having my business card. And within a year, I got promoted to sales manager. And that's how I developed my whole career. So you became a sales manager, but that still wouldn't have gotten you to a billion. I'm curious, how long did that process take to go from homeless to sales manager? Are we looking at a year, two? I would say one and a half year. One and a half years. Okay. But from sales manager to billionaire. Now take us through that process. What happened then? Afterwards, I thought, what is next step after sales manager? And then I saw that every big organization has a sales director. And for that organization that I was working for, I wanted that job. I wanted to be sales director, taking care of all sales managers, do training, hold seminars. And of course, developing the properties for that developer I was working for then. So that took me to sales director. And after sales director, when I became successful in that and building up the sales departments, I thought, well, what is the next step of this? I think I'm ready to open my own company. The first company I wrote was a real estate agency selling properties around the island, but I was not a developer by that time. I see. I see. And through that, you went on to open Blue Horizon. You went to win all of those awards, top Thailand Property Developer, New Hotel Construction and Design by Asia Pacific Property Awards, and so on. Yes, correct. It started with that, but I'm happy I started as an agent and started as opening up my first company as an agency because I got to know all my competitors, who are what they're good at, what they're not good at, and how are they developing, what suppliers, what subcontracts they were using. I got access to every single developer 
in south of Thailand. So that gave me massively strength to start being a developer later on because I knew what was working and not working. That's an incredible story. I'm curious to get your advice in two different aspects of your life, just before you became an entrepreneur and after you became an entrepreneur. So just before you became an entrepreneur, when you were a sales manager leading that team, responsible for targets, responsible to your boss or your supervisor, what tools, what manifesting or visualization tools were you using to hit your targets and to continue growing? When I became very good at that, I always wrote things down. I started goal setting. I put dates on them because you have to be specific within what period of time you want to achieve them. I also made vision boards to make sure that they were also clear mental pictures that I can see outside of myself before I put them in my mind. And with this kind of techniques, of course, it rapidly become closer to me. And I've been studying self-development books and how other successful people do it every single day. So I was constantly almost doing at least half an hour to one hour a day of all these exercises. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. Half an hour to one hour a day of these exercises. Take us yeah. through some of the exercises you did. You mentioned vision board. You're talking about the classic vision board idea from The Secret, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's a simple thing to do and it feels great when you do it. When you want, can be a small item also. It can be a new jacket, it can be a DVD player, it can be a car, it can be a promotion, it can also be visiting that city or meeting that person, but cut them out. Whatever you want, you can always find a similarity or exact that thing that you desire on the internet. You can go there, cut them out and then glue them onto the wall and put them on a wall where you pass by every single day and i mean you're telling your mind that this is my goals this is what i'm going for and you keep yourself as a target i mean you're targeting these things every single day because it's hard to have them in your mind i ask a lot of other people what's your goals you desire and they always say oh it's in my head but it's always a cluster you don't have any structure so it's good to put them outside and you see them from another perspective that's amazing. Amazing. I love the vision board idea. Now, were you doing anything else? You said you were spending an hour a day. What else were you doing? Did this hour include deep meditation? Were you journaling? Were you doing mantras? No mantras, but meditation, of course. I always sit in my garden at the same spot, picturing. Sometimes I go through all my vision boards and I can see clearly what I want. And then I go out in the garden and I visualize them and I meditate of already having them. During the other time of the day, I can look at YouTube videos, self-development videos, anything that motivates you and all that. You always spend a little bit of time every day to do that kind of exercises. Yeah. And I noticed that you kept pushing yourself to go bigger and bigger and bigger. Correct. Because I knew that after a while, I was wishing in the study that it would work. And after that, I had faith that was doing it. And after that, I believed that it was doing it. But now I just know. You just know that it's going to happen. Exactly. And there is no friction behind it. When you know things that are going to happen, wow, sometimes they come very quick because you just know. Right. You fully expect it to happen. You not just believe it's possible, but you fully expect it. I mentioned Jose Silva earlier. He was the creative visualization pioneer that I studied at. And one of the things he said is there's a formula to it. You must have desire. That's first. If you don't have desire, you aren't going to truly push yourself towards it. You must believe it's possible. And then you just said the third thing. You must expect it. To be going to happen. Of course, you're catapulting yourself. It's like taking your mind into the future and bringing it back to the present. And if you can just do that and feel that it's already happened and expect that it's already a part of yourself, that that's when the true magic happens. I want to ask you a question. I know that you use the three most important questions philosophy, the one that I developed at Mind Valley, and you introduced this to your staff, right? Yes, I do. How big is your team? How many team members do you have? 
I have 249 employees at the moment, and uh, I use them at least on 50% because it's divided into so many departments. So I have chosen to use it on certain departments that would really be able to connect with each other and be with each other and also help each other to reach those goals that he put up on the wall. So the vast majority of people listening to the Mind Valley podcast know of the three most important questions or have done it. What would be your advice to take that practice further, to make these mm-hmm. things that you put down manifest further? Because you're obviously a master of this. That's a great question, Vision. But what I know, I mean, that's beautiful. Like I was really motivated when I went through the three most, it was most for myself first, but when I thought how powerful it was and how good it will help my departments and staff, then I implemented to, I mean, almost 50% of my employees now. The only thing that I noticed after that, that we need to be cautious to follow up because goals and desires and all that, it's keep on changing depending on the human being or their personality. But if we as leaders doesn't follow up on them, as you have new goals for this year, or would you like to change someone, they intend to not do it. So we need to be able to push them a little bit and ask them to write new things down, right? And that's what I think uh, would be a great factor to it. Now, what did you do? What goal setting methodology did you use when you were first starting out? The three most important questions didn't exist then. Were you just using a vision board or did you have a goal list? I had a goal list. I mean, today I write 101 goals a year. That's what I do. And people say, wow, that's impossible. But what they don't understand is that I believe that small goals are so very critical to achieving any big goals because when you cross them out, it feels like you're moving forward. It gives you confidence. Then you go for the big goals. And I write 101 goals a year. I didn't start with that. I started with 10 and then it became 20 and 30. And I understood that even the small goals makes you happy. Even the small goals makes you actually feel that you're actually moving in the right direction. So I could write down getting a new TV or getting a new pair of shoes and then became specific one. But even the small little things, put them down. And that's how I create my 101 goal. But they're mixed with small, medium and big goals every year. I like that. And I can see how when you put down the small goals and you attain them, interesting things happen. It gives you that positive buzz that moves you towards the medium goals and eventually the big goals. But I got to say, it's crazy, Andres. It's really ridiculously crazy how these things happen. I want to show you something. Do you recognize what this statue is that I'm holding up? Yeah, I know. What's the name again? I love that movie. 300, right? It's a Spartan warrior from the movie 300. So this is Leonidas, the king of the Spartans. I bought this two years ago. I was on a trip in Greece. I bought this Leonidas statue and I just loved it so much. And I love that movie 300. So I put this on my desk where I'm doing my podcast. Not paying any attention to it, just leaving it on my desk. Now... Here's the funny thing. Two months ago, I'm in Los Angeles and a friend, a Hollywood producer friend who is a big Mind Valley fan calls me up and he says, hey, I have this actor and he'd love to learn meditation from you. Can I arrange for you guys to meet up today for meditation? And I go and I meet the actor and the actor is Gerard Butler, the guy who played Leonidas in 300, the guy who the statue is modeled after. Now, how freaking cool is that, right? It's one of those bizarre things. Now, For people who are skeptical, I want to share another story, which I think you'll find interesting. So I've always thought vision boards were kind of hokey. It just seems so unscientific. And there was a part of me that resisted. But in 2009, I attended a seminar in Singapore. And the teacher there, Harvecker, famous teacher, he made us all do vision boards, except it was a practice session. We didn't come prepared with magazines. So they were just handing out magazines to people. And the magazine I got was a magazine with Richard Branson on the cover, and it had an article on Richard Branson. So I put up a Mercedes car because there was an ad for Mercedes. I put up a picture of Richard Branson. Now, here's the crazy thing, right? Firstly, 
at that point, I never had an interest in cars. I just believed spending monies on luxury cars was stupid. But one year later, I ended up going from a Nissan March to a Mercedes. So that was interesting. But the most interesting thing was this. Branson was in the middle of my vision board. And three months after I put that vision board up on my wall, I happened to be at a networking event and I meet the guy who was the number one fundraiser for Virgin United. And he invites me to go and spend time with Branson and a group of other entrepreneurs in a mastermind on Necker Island. And six months later, I'm actually there meeting Richard Branson. It's insane how this works, right? And I still, I still have difficulty believing it. That's the science we get. And then it becomes easier and easier. It's almost like what well, you're waking up from a dream and you just see them all becoming real outside of yourself. It's nuts. Now, you then become an entrepreneur. So you go from business manager to an entrepreneur. And of course, going into an entrepreneur, there's a lot of other challenges. And one of the challenges is stress and anxiety. And all the research I've read says that when stress and anxiety enters your life, it actually messes with your ability to be in that blissful, grateful state that amplifies visualization. So often people, they are successful, they are successful, they are successful, then they become an entrepreneur and then boom, they crash because their flow is broken. How did you deal with that roadblock? I didn't. I became the same person. I stopped doing the things that made me successful and I got too caught up in running that first company and running that employees. The stress was starting to bite me and I started to invest my funds in the wrong things that the company was accumulating. So actually the first company I ever founded, I went bankrupt because of exactly those things. Were you still visualizing at that point or were you out of yes. flow? That's the thing. I was out of flow. I stopped visualizing. I stopped putting my goals down. I stopped doing vision book because I was just so into running that company. And I thought I always reached that success. So I didn't need to continue doing all these things anymore. That was one of the biggest mistakes I could ever do. So you went bankrupt. How many years ago was that? Oh, that was 12 years ago. 12 years ago, you were bankrupt. Okay. Now you obviously bounced back, became a billionaire. What was that shift like? I took time for myself and I started to talk with myself. So how could this happen? Why did it happen? What did I do wrong? And I started to write all these things down and really understood how I could go so quick from something to nothing again. And I just realized that I've stopped doing the things that actually made me successful in the first part. And I started to do them again. And within a short period of time, I was starting to get the results again and had to go back and work for another developer that time and accumulate new money and save that until I could open the company again. That's so fascinating. Okay, so you opened the company again. Now, what tools did you bring in this time to avoid the stress and the anxiety? First of all, I understood what I did wrong. I started to implement the tools I already had with all these exercises every day. And I started to teach my employees after starting the companies again on how to be more successful and how to have a better mind and get all the goals that you want to have, be, do or have, right? What did you teach them? I taught them the power of visualization. I taught them the power of being grateful for what you already have. I started to tell them to write your goals down and put them accountable into putting dates on when they want to achieve them. And what I noticed is many of the employees you start with that with, they don't know what to write down. They don't have the side. They don't have goals. They're sleepwalking a little bit. But then I tell them to write the opposite. Start to write all the things that you don't want instead. And then after you know the things that you don't want in life, write the opposite of that, and then suddenly you're starting to create a goal list. So I started to implement that with every employee that I had. Did you notice shifts in your employees as they did this? 
Massively, massively, of course. I mean, when I can see their improvement of life, they're starting to get the thing that they desire. They're starting to get a family. They're moving to a bigger house or they buy a new house or an apartment. And you can see just their whole life transforming into something better. And that's what makes me passionate about it. And I love it because when you improve other people's life in the best, your own life improves dramatically. That's very, very, very cool. Now, that company that you started obviously grew and grew and grew and became Blue Horizon Developments, right? It became Blue Horizon Developments, a development company I opened after becoming a very successful agent and agency. And then I accumulated a lot of investors and clients through the agency company. And there's well, Andres, you've been putting a lot of our investment into great vehicles that produce great returns. We believe in you and we want to know if you would like to do a development. But of course I said yes, and that was already something I've been visualizing for six months. That came natural to me, and I took action. Even if I didn't know nothing about doing development, I still knew that I could do it, and I could see in my mind how I could be successful in it. And that's how Blue Horizon Development started with my first funded property development. I see. Now, in the various books on manifesting, you have different philosophers who talk about different things. Like some people say it's perfectly okay to seek objects, to, in your visualization, look for the fancy car or the fancy apartment. And there are others. I remember interviewing Mike Dooley, who I believe was in The Secret. Mike Dooley speaks about avoiding the object and going straight to emotional states and feelings, the feeling of being lucky, the feeling of being successful, the feeling of being significant. What is your philosophy on this? Well, he just hit the biggest point in that because visualizations, images in your mind without attached with positive emotions, they don't work because that's where the magnetism starts. That's where the whole energy and the vibrations start to accumulate inside of yourself. So anything that you can see in your mind and you can feel how great it is to have them already or you attach them with emotion, that's actually where the magic happens and that's where the whole magnetical effect comes back to you. So yes, it's very important what he says. So it's important to have feelings. Now give us an idea. What are you visualizing right now? And what type of feelings do you associate with it? Always anything, emotions, positive emotions, joy, happiness, prosperity, calmness, seeing that you're becoming that person within a few years' time. It's always important to see who you already are. Vivid, mental, clear pictures like a movie in your head is important. It's just not a still picture you need to have is being in that moment, doing that thing. How does it feel? How does it smell like? What do people say about it? How do they feel when they're around you? How do you feel when you're actually doing all these things? And feel it as a great, great emotion. That's exactly what my doing is trying to say also. Feel it as a great emotion. So let's talk about in the business context, right? So let's say your company is at a hundred million and you want to get to the next level. What are you visualizing? Are you visualizing a PNL? Are you visualizing the office space that you might have if you were at that next level? Are you visualizing the amount of staff? Are you visualizing your own personal wealth? What do you visualize to steadily move your company upwards? First of all, it's important not to visualize a certain number in that scale, but it's also the person you want to be or become when you reach that kind of stage. And what I also do is I research companies that already achieve this kind of success. And I see how they market themselves, how they are, how many employees they have, what kind of awards are they winning, what are they doing day by day basis. And I research them and then I know that if I want the same results, I need to become that kind of company or do the similar things that they do. So I always find people or companies that are already 
achieving or have achieved the things that I want to achieve, right? And then I take the best part of it because you already found a way to get it. And it's a cause of law and effect. You do a certain thing, you get a certain result. And if they already have it, it means that they found the quickest way to do it. Then I need to mimic that and amplify that and become that kind of a company that desires and have the things that I want to take my next step to. So it's very important to look at people or companies that already have what you want to have. I love that advice. What were some of the companies and people that you looked at when you were expanding your visualization? I wanted to be a property developer. So I was looking locally. Who are the successful property developers within my district? When I became one of them, well, what is the most successful property developed between that province? And then I saw what they were doing, right? And then I was like, well, what are the most successful developers in the whole Thailand? So every time I reach a certain state, I always had to ask myself, what is the next stage? Because if you don't grow, you die inside after a while. So you always have to strive to always grow. And sometimes it's not reaching that goal. It's on the way to reaching the goal that is actually the joy and happiness to do it. On the way to reaching the goal that is the joy and happiness. There's a powerful message over there. What you're saying is that you are positive and happy as you are going towards the goal. Of course, if you're not positive and happy, then you're emitting double frequencies and then it starts to hinder you to reach those things. So you have to enjoy the journey. That's the most important because most people understand when they get that thing, it's like, well, I got it now. And then that joy and happiness is gone because they see that they're not moving forward anymore. Exactly. And that's really one of the prerequisites to manifesting. In my book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I call that process the discipline of bliss or discipline. The idea that the most important discipline you can have is to monitor your states of bliss, to be in flow, to be in happiness, to be positive, to be blissful as you're going through life. Because what I believe about manifesting, and I'm sure you feel the same thing, is that when we are in these happy states, our visions come to us. But our visions do not come to us if we are focused on the vision, but feeling stress, anxiety, hurt, jealousy, or any other negative emotion. Exactly. I agree 100%. And that's the visions that gives us that next clue or the next path or the next person or the next event or whatever that keeps us pushing forward and giving it to the next idea. Because many times we don't know the whole pathway. We don't know all the stairs into the goals, but they just keep popping up when you have that blissful state. And there's an actual term for that. Many philosophers have spoken about that. In the book Quantum Success, the author calls that the paradox of intention. And she says the paradox of intention is you must have intentions. Yes, you must know where you want to go, but you have to be happy before you get there. You must untangle your happiness from your goal. Absolutely, yes. And it's also important how you wake up and how you perform rituals or habits every morning to have that happiness inside of you the whole day through. So before we end this call, I would love to know that for you. What are your rituals? What are your habits? How do you stay in your positive states? As soon as I open my eyes in the morning, I go through my goals because I always sleep with a pen and paper next to my bed. And as soon as I put my feet down, I start to be grateful for all the things that I already have. And I start to go through them in my mind. I'm so grateful. Even the small things I go through then. And that puts me in a blissful state. It puts me happy because I'm focusing on the things that I already have instead of feeling worried about the things that I don't have. And after I've done that, it maybe it takes 15, 20 minutes to go through. You go from the bed to the bathroom, you have a shower, you brush your teeth, you go down for breakfast and all that kind of way down. That's when I go through all these things that I'm really grateful having. And when I've done that, then it's when I put on the clothes and all that. And I go to my garden and I do my visualizations before I sit in the car on the way right. to work. That's beautiful, Andres. Thank you. You've been such an inspiration. And, you know, 
This call is probably one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever done because I realized that I have to up-level my game in so many ways. What I realized is that I actually have to make more time before rushing off to the office to focus on my life book, on my three most important questions, on my goal list, my visualization. I should probably update my vision board. I haven't done that in seven years. I have a life book, so I'm still pretty good. But I'm realizing that maybe I want to carve aside 20 minutes a day. You do an hour. I want to carve aside an extra 20 minutes a day in addition to my meditation and my gym time to just focus on my future visions. So thank you so much for that wisdom, Andre. Thank you so much. You're a great inspiration to me too. And I'm just extremely honored to be able to have this podcast with you. And Andre, when is your book coming out? Homeless to Billionaire, The 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction and Creating Unlimited Opportunity. Yeah, Forbes has taken over the publication and they want us to release the book on the 23rd of April. Fantastic. I cannot wait to get my hands on that book. So guys, add this to your calendar. Add a reminder. Go to Amazon on May 1st, 2019 and buy Homeless the Billionaire, The 18 Principles of Wealth Attraction and Creating Unlimited Opportunity by Andres Pira. Now, here's the thing, right? Andres co-wrote this book with the one and only Joe Vitale. Now, if you haven't heard of Joe Vitale, he's a phenomenal author. He was in The Secret. And Joe Vitale, for 20 years, his books have been changing my life. When I was a sophomore in college, I read his book, The Greatest Money-Making Secret. And by the way, that book wasn't about some greedy way of making money. It was that the greatest money-making secret is to give away money. Joe is beautifully spiritual in that way. And that book shifted my life. And I decided that whatever business I start had to have a philanthropic or a mission-oriented purpose. So Joe Vitale, Andre, I'm sure you'll agree, has been a huge influence on both of us. And he was the co-author of this book. Yeah, and he's also one of my biggest mentors and role models. Without him, he wouldn't have pushed me and motivated me to writing this book. Amazing, Andre. Check out Homeless the Billionaire. Andre, it is so exciting having you in the Mind Valley podcast. Thank you for being you and thank you for serving up a massive dose of inspiration to everybody who hears your story. Thank you so much, Lucian. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. And on the review, mention Andre Spira. That's A N D R E S space P-I-R-A. Tell us what you liked about Andres so that we can compile these reviews and send it to him so that he knows how he was able to motivate and inspire you. You can leave your review or your comment. Go to podcast.mindvalley.com. It's a blog and you'll be able to see all our episodes there. Search for the episode by Andres Pira. Go ahead and leave a comment or leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. Your reviews help us get this beautiful information out to thousands of additional people. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated 
to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.